episode 176 of Divided by Werewolves. This is our, let's see, the summer solstice was just a few days ago. Longest yep. day of the year. It's all downhill from here. Yeah, like last week was the longest year of my life. I got to be honest. I was going to say, didn't you have some <laughs> weather stuff or something? Oh my God, man. The, the weather here has been shit for like two weeks. It's been, it's funny. Like I just opened the weather app on my phone and it just says thunderstorm. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> all it checks the time. out. It's like it's like we're in Florida or some shit. Like every day around like 4 p.m., we have this like huge thunderstorm, and then it like, and then the sun comes out, and it's like, no, I'm just playing. But you said you had a story or something about when you had like the tornadoes. I thought you had said when we were last week when we played Destiny together, mm-hmm. and the weather was bad. You said something had happened or whatever, or maybe I'm thinking of something else. And that you were maybe I don't know. We've had, yeah. Well, oh, uh, well, uh, wasn't necessarily here, but uh, Goose was in the tornado. Oh, uh, nice last week in uh, yeah uh, in Florida. I'm not Florida. Fuck, I'm talking about Florida in Arkansas. She was coming back from Missouri. She'd been uh, doing this like river uh, camping thing, and apparently, <laughs> and, and if you don't know this, uh, uh, check with your local Wendy's. But apparently, uh, their policy. Is that if there are people outside when a, when a tornado is, is barreling down upon them, uh, you don't let them come inside. <laughs> you watch them pound on the glass and scream for help. <laughs> like, They're like, look, like, the only way we're going to let you die like, is by eating Wendy's food. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they were just like, nah, like, yeah, y'all can't come in. Sorry about it. Can I get uh, some spicy nugs? <laughs> I'm a biggie in. bag. Yeah, Give me a biggie bag. Like, <laughs> Hell yeah, five dollar biggie bag is no fucking you, joke. You ain't coming in. Sorry about it. Huh? But no, uh, n- nothing here. Uh, I mean, there's there's been, uh, like I said, we've had some really bad weather lately. I I, I went to uh, I went to work the other morning in a hailstorm, so that was fun. Um, mm. Uh, but no, we've had like warnings and like shit going off and this and that. But it, it, outside of the the thing that hit West Point uh, a few months ago, we've not had here locally. Okay, yeah, yeah. Here it's been. I mean, it's been fine. You know, it's like, it was weird though because it's in hurricane season and you know ever mm-hmm. since the last one, ever since Ian, I'm like on higher alert than normal. I mean, we have the generator and everything, but still, it's just yeah. such a. It's like you know. It's like the reverse of when I used to live in upstate New York, where, you know, when you heard that snow was coming, it wasn't like the loss of power, which obviously would be annoying. It's more just like, you know, the disruption of life is what it is. And so here it's mm-hmm. the same thing. It's like, you know, obviously you don't want anyone to lose their home. You don't want anyone to, to, to lose their lives. But you're just thinking to yourself, okay, like, you know, when a big storm comes through, like, how is that going to just kind of yeah fuck everything up um but you know there was you know it's it's early so that's the problem is you can't you know it goes from june to november you got to pace yourself you can't get all bent out of shape at the beginning because otherwise then you you, yeah for a few months are just going to be a nightmare yeah Um, it's kind of been crazy here because usually typically this is like what we get in the spring and summer's been is pretty chill but it seems like this year like spring was like what now spring was like un unseasonably like cool like not mm-hmm. cold but like it was kind of chilly sometimes and then now summer is like the new spring where it's like tornadoes and and the weather sucks and it's raining all the time and uh you know which is i mean at least it's not you know we haven't gotten to that sweltering heat quite yet so right. 
Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. It's weird times out there. Yeah, it is. At least we're not in Texas where it's like mm-hmm. fucking 9 million degrees. 125 degrees and shit. God. Jesus. Yeah. It's all right. Climate change is not a thing. It's You don't got to worry about no. it. It's all good. This is normal. <laughs> this is fine. It's all fine. All right. Exactly. Uh all right, so we got two movies to talk about today, and then a bunch of games things. Uh, what do you want to get into first? Uh, you know, what, let's do Brooklyn Four or Five. Not that I, not that I don't have lots of, of things to say about Brooklyn Four or Five, but I feel like the Flash is kind of the bigger, sure. bigger thing. So uh, yeah, so Brooklyn Four or Five or Brooklyn Forty Five, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, Forty Five. I'm sorry, I'm stuck on Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's my fault. It's not Nine Nine. It's not. It's not Ted Gagan's fault. It's my fault. <laughs> Brooklyn Nine Nine is the fucking best, baby. Um, so Brook Forty Five is a new uh, Shutter hotness. Yeah, written and directed by Ted Gagan, uh, who did We Are Still Here, which is a mm-hmm. fantastic film. If you haven't seen it, uh, so this one has a lot of uh, kind of um, uh, a lot of good um, kind of character actors, or more like. You know, mm-hmm. actors with the exception of like Larry Fassenden, but folks that you typically would see not necessarily like co-leading um, uh, a picture. So um, Anne Ramsey plays Marla. Um, Jeremy Holmes. <coughs> Major Do I had to look up? Uh, yeah, League of Their Own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, Anne Ramsey, I remember her from she was um, Helen Hunt's sister on Mad About You. Um, oh, okay. I didn't yeah. watch that. Um, yeah, I had to look her up, but it was a uh, it was a uh, league of their own for me. Yeah, yep. Um, so, so basically, the idea is, uh, it, you know, it, what's it, what's interesting about this this movie is it's kind of like it starts off almost like a horror movie, then moves to almost like a like almost a kind of like a like an Alfred Hitchcock, like a one mm-hmm. one room one room yeah. play type of thing, you know, and then goes into kind of full on horror uh, back at the end. But essentially, you know, all of these individuals, um, they all served in World War Two together and they meet up um, at this 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 home in Brooklyn and Larry Fassenden's character, uh, Lieutenant Hockstetter, he essentially tells them, like, I, I, we're here for a seance because he, his wife had killed herself, um, like, a, a week or two prior because um, her wife thought that their neighbors, who were German, were spying for the Nazis, mm-hmm. and no one believed her, so she went in the bathtub and slit her wrists. And, you know, he had gone to mass and he had, I guess it was more than a few weeks, but he had gone to church yeah. and kind of done a bunch of, you know, didn't get any relief there and, and started looking to metaphysical things and felt that, you know, if they could do a seance, then <clears throat> he could contact his wife, and find out what happened. So they do the seance, but get interrupted uh, and and the, the idea was you can't interrupt the seance. You can't stop holding hands because then the door stays open, and you've and, and that's essentially what happens. The seance gets interrupted. Um, they find out that he's got his German next door neighbor kidnapped and kept in the closet, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and now they can't leave this this Brooklyn townhome. Until they figure out, essentially, like, you know, was this woman a Nazi? 
Like what exactly, how do we, you know, there's got to be some sort of resolution uh, with the spirit world, so to speak, um, in order to uh, to let them out. Um, so, like we said, it kind of starts off as being this supernatural uh, movie where, you know, they're hearing voices. Then it pivots to them trying to figure out, is this woman, Hildy, actually a Nazi? Um, and, and, you know, Marla, her, you know, her role in the war was she was a, she, she tortured people. Um, yeah. she was an intelligence officer. So she kind of has to go back into this role that she didn't want to go mm-hmm. back to. She was very happy to leave it. Um, oh God. And one of the, like one of the more intense scenes in the movie and she's yeah. doing it basically to save, to save the woman. You right. Know? Right. Right. Um, really good scene. Yeah. So, so, so you're kind of like trying to figure out while the movie's going on is whether or not this woman was actually, you know, actually a Nazi Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, uh, you know, and then kind of the, how, how the whole thing plays out. Um, You know, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought the performances were really strong. You know, my only, my only criticism of it is I'm not really sure that I, I, that we got the resolution we were supposed to have as to whether or not, this woman, like we got a resolution in that, you know, they, they, they figured out a way out. But yeah, man, shit went sideways at the end. But shit man, went sideways for sure. What a, what a ride it was. You know, it, it, it was, uh, like, like I said, parts were really tense, like mm-hmm. particularly like the, the torture scene. And, uh, it was funny at times. Like my man, mm-hmm. Bob was going through it. Like Bob was my favorite by yeah. far. Like we were la- like, I watched this with Goose, uh, uh last night and, and Katie was here. We were dying at Bob because like yeah, the Bob was going through it, man. Like he was just like, how did I end up here? Why am like how can I get the fuck out of here? Yeah, like, so 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 Bob was so so Bob was just like a clerk that worked at the Pentagon, and he was, yes. he was Marla's husband. Right. And they all, you know, everybody else had kind of been in the war, and mm-hmm. they're all making fun of the fact that Bob was just this clerk and hadn't really done anything. Um, you right. know, and and one of the guys, um, Archie there, uh, mm-hmm. played by Jeremy Holm. You know, he was in the middle of a trial. He was being put on trial for uh, for oh, war man. crimes. Yeah. Um, you know, he was accused of um, blowing up a German kindergarten and killing mm-hmm. like fifty six or something um, kids. So, you know, thing. So, so that that's kind of like once it shifts to the one act play part, then like kind mm-hmm. of all these secrets and stuff start to come out. And they all start kind of yeah. playing off of each other. Yeah, that was the – I had um, I had actually watched – I watched – I listened to a, a podcast that uh, Ted Gagan had done um, prior to this movie, and he, he was kind of – and that's how I learned that it was – that he had done this. Like I had seen the – you know the the card on, on Shudder, and I was like, yeah, it looks somewhat interesting. But like once I saw that – once I heard like – I knew it was him. I was like, "Oh, I'm watching this. Like, I can't right. wait to watch this, right?" Because I, you know, uh, I thought we was st- we are still here was was fucking fantastic. Yeah. And I know, like, you know, you and I kind of had slightly differing opinions of Mohawk. Uh, yeah, I, I really liked it, but I also agreed with most of your criticisms of it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but man, this one, like, first thing I noticed was just like the cinematography was so good. This yeah. movie looks incredible, mm-hmm. like everything about it and it starts off and i think 16 by 9 ratio which I yeah thought was yeah and then yeah and, and then and like filmed like a like an old like an old movie yep yeah 
and then it switches and and he was talking on the podcast about the movie and stuff and he's like you know he's like uh i knew i you know he's like um he was talking about uh, another movie and he was like how do you make you know they, i guess he was talking about when he was being doing like press for mohawk and they were asking him like you know how do you make such a a realistic you know represent or like such a faithful period piece and he's like well the first thing you do is you do a seance and like that joke answer became like the basis for writing this movie oh really yeah interesting and then uh and then like he was talking about uh once he realized you know that he was going to do the seance thing he knew uh, he knew it all he also wanted to be another period piece because like real life is scary enough right now <laughs> like yeah no that shit. he didn't he didn't need to add anything to that like you could just open up your phone and be scared shitless so he wanted right. to be a period piece and then he talked about his dad and i don't know if you noticed but at the end of the, i don't know if you said the credits but uh he thanks his dad at the end of the credits and um he was talking about his dad was a world war ii vet yeah i saw that know, all that stuff, yeah. So what happened was uh, when he was doing like his research and like so he realized his dad was the perfect person to to kind of talk to about this stuff, and you know his dad was like, yeah, I don't know anything about writing movies, man. Like you know you kind of got the the idea that maybe they, you know, were close, but maybe just didn't connect on like a level, you know, like you know what I mean, like yeah, <clears throat> or you could be close to a family member, but like y'all really don't have much to talk about stuff, right? And so he he went to him to to ask about writing this movie and he's like i don't think about writing movies he's like well just tell me stories uh-huh. and so you know he, he talked to his dad and like a lot of the, the things in the movie he took from from you know talking to his dad and stuff and then once he was finished he asked his dad that he want a co-writer credit for the movie oh that's awesome yeah and his dad's like oh it gets worse and his dad's like yeah no i'm not a writer don't i don't want that and he's like well how about a, how about a special thanks he's like yeah that'll be fine so he got done and he he showed his dad the movie and his, his dad watched it and he said he called me after he watched it and we talked for a couple of hours he loved the movie this that, and the other and then they hung up and then his dad died oh shit yeah literally that day so he got to make one movie with his dad and and his dad got to watch it and then the same day he died well at least he got to saw it shit i mean yeah but damn i was like man yeah this story went like dark fast i was yeah. not prepared for that i was like yeah, no this shit. is such a good story and then he's like and then he died and i was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> i was not ready for that no <laughs> like, right yeah right uh but but yeah man uh yeah like you said man what what an ensemble cast of, of character actors and yeah. some of those are the best movies right you think of like joe Bigos's movie that we vfw right yep Nobody in that movie is like a standout like person. Right. It's just like, but you recognize everybody in it. And man, when those kind of actors get together, yep. Like it's almost always gold. Right. Because there's no ego. They're just doing their thing. And they all respect each other and nobody yep. thinks they're better than the others and shit like that. And this is exactly what that was, man. And it's like like I said, I watched it with Goose. Goose had no idea. I mean, she recognized people, but at the same time, like, you know, she watches movies, but not like you and I do. You know what right. I mean? Right. So f- for her to have enjoyed it as much as she did, because she loved it. And I was like, man, that's a testament to these actors and the right. performances and, and the script. You know, this movie, like everything about this movie just works. So, so do you what do you think about like because I mean, the ending, I, it's like I don't want to spoil it. But at the same time, like, yeah, uh, like, do you think she was a Nazi? Honestly, I, I don't. Yeah, me neither. I really don't. I think that, you know, I think that she was being honest. And I think that, uh, you know, you got a, oh, shit, what's his name with the ears? He looked like a mogwai. 
Oh, um, uh, DeFranco, Major DeFranco. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's always one of those like characters when you when you start doing one of these movies where it's like ex-military. It's like a uh, Samuel L. Jackson in Kong Skull Island, right? Right. Like, like it didn't even have to be a gorilla. Like, it could have been anything. Exactly. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so. No, like I really don't think she, I don't think she was. Um, but, ugh. and then the oh my god, I don't want to spoil it either. But man, the way it ends, yeah. Like, like like I texted you and I was like, like this oh, shit goes shit, hard at the shit. end. Like I did yes, not expect it, it to. I didn't either. And and I think that's secure. you know that's kind of the you know you, you almost get lulled into this false sense of security, mm-hmm. and then when you know it gets pretty brutal at the end and you're just yes it just, does just not expecting that i mean it's it's crazy even like the supernatural stuff man it starts to get like evil deadish at times yeah like there's there's <laughs> it's like a there's a lot going on in this movie like that yeah. you don't expect and it's only a 93 minute movie yeah but man it, it doesn't feel like it like it goes yeah it, yeah it, there's, there's definitely um it, it it packs a lot in yes um, but yeah, I thoroughly um, enjoyed it. It's one of my favorite things I've seen this year, to be honest. Like, and, and it's funny because when I saw the the trailer, or not the trailer, the I, I read a little about it. It almost I was like, oh, yeah, it's not really for me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't mm-hmm. know why, but I was just like, I just didn't think it was anything that I would want to watch. And I thought, yeah. And then you well, know, you, you had mentioned who you know who had done it, and I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, yeah. oh, I'll give it a try. And I was like, shit. <laughs> Yeah, and I, you know, I think that I don't know. Like, I don't know what the promotion behind this movie's been like. Because obviously, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I'm kind of spending less time on the internet lately and stuff like that. And you know, I like I said, I saw it. I just clicked on Shutter and I saw the the thumbnail or the the the, the card, and I was like, what? Like what? Yeah, Brooklyn Four Five. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what that is. And I'm like, Shutter's been so hit and miss lately. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and I was like, meh. But then, like, if I hadn't listened to that podcast, like, I might not have even watched it. So, right. And yep. man, I would have been missing. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, damn, that sucks. Like, I really, maybe I need to, like, start, you know, getting back into the groove and, like, you know, trying to, you know, kind of pay more attention to what's out there because I absolutely would have missed this. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the problem. Like, well, I mean, I don't follow anything, you know, really where, where stuff is like, um, where I would even know about this stuff in the first place. Although, I did, um, just recently read movie. it was like the you know the best horror movies of this year so far and i'd seen all of them with the exception of uh the blackening malum yeah um oh, i want to see malum i feel and, like i'm going to be disappointed by malum but i still want to see it well ennis men or aaron men that one we were supposed to get a fucking screen yeah. before it never came i was pissed that one and um this and this was on it um oh nice and and um but but malum we could watch now and it's men we can watch now blackening because it just hit yeah. theaters a couple weeks right. ago it's not out yet so um so i plan on checking those two out but uh but yeah that's this is like my favorite this is one of my favorite times of the year where it's like i start looking for those articles it's like the yeah. best one so far and i like i get to see like kind of you know i, I guess what other people are, are digging for the year and, and kind of comparing that to what i've seen and stuff like that because like we talked about it before but i still feel like there's not been one kind of a, a thing this year that i've just been blown away by it yeah yeah i would agree with that oh the boogeyman was on there i haven't seen that one but i mean <clears throat> man i have heard really good things and really bad things about that yeah. movie i can't wait for it to hit 
I'm excited to watch it because I um, love that. I remember, I remember reading Night Shift. I was, I was in uh, <clears throat> English in uh, like eighth or ninth grade, and I was supposed to be doing something else, but I was reading Night Shift, and I was on the Boogeyman. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I was reading the book instead of doing what I was supposed to be doing, and uh, Mr. White was our teacher, and he yelled my name, and I fucking screamed, <laughs> and I was like, man. That was like the first time I kind of realized that a book could actually scare you. Yeah. Cause like I was sitting there like reading that shit. And when he said my name, I fuck it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause I was so into the story. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to, to read, but you know, and I mean, it's like any, anything else with some of these, you read them and you're just like, wait, what? Like, come on. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. You know? But, uh, you know, it's, it's not really, it's, it's kind of meant more to kind of start a discussion and less for sure. Uh, but uh, but it gave me stuff that I was like, oh shit, right, I forgot that that like I had want like Dennis Men and Malum, I had known about them, but it was like, you know, I mean, if they don't come to the theaters, it's like you, they just kind of like go yeah. in this like la la land until you yep. know, they hit VOD, and then and then even then, it's like I, I think don't you have to know that you they're have there. To, yeah, you have to hope there's some kind of promotion or, or something, some marketing at all, because right. like marketing doesn't seem to be a thing anymore. No. <laughs> no, Sorry, they geez. just kind of expect you to know that everything's available at yeah. all times. And it's like, they just yeah, it doesn't really work that way. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> There's so many things competing for our attention. I can't always, you know, be sure that uh, I'm going to know about your thing. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so definitely if you have Shudder, uh, check it out. It's a great film. Uh, you'll enjoy it. And then, um, you know, uh, be on the lookout for... Uh, I don't know what his next film is, but um, I don't think he said yet. I think he talked about it on the podcast that he had something in mind, but he couldn't really talk about it yet. So, okay. but if you haven't seen, we are still here. Definitely yeah, check definitely that, check out, that sure. shit out. I was like, oh, I got to rewatch that. I haven't watched that in a minute. Yeah, um, even if Mohawk isn't your thing, like we are, we are still, still here, here is, is a yeah. is a banger. Yeah, yeah, it is hundred percent. Um, okay, so the next film, nine years in the making, um, <laughs> you know, kind of coming in at the tail end of the the dceu um at a time when things are you know effectively wrapping up uh for for the snyderverse and moving on to the the next phase uh and that is uh the flash uh you know kind of one of the oddest um sagas i think a movie has been good lord yeah um you know ezra miller having a number of different legal problems and mental mm-hmm. health uh issues and charges brought against them uh to the point where you know the marketing of this was very somewhat limited you know your typical kind of interview circuit stuff didn't happen yeah. in part because you know they really didn't want the ending to to come out they really wanted right. to keep this this under wraps but also I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to put Ezra Miller, send, send them to the view, and then potentially <laughs> right. have them right. have to you know, answer uh, yeah, that's, about that's, everything? Like, that's certainly. I wouldn't have wanted to be on the marketing team for this movie because, like, anything that they wanted to keep as a surprise, they kind of couldn't because, like, they wanted people to come see it, even right. though, like, <laughs> there were obviously some issues with their yeah. with their lead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Um. You know, and and I mean, it's interesting. I, I'm I'm honestly surprised the movie came out not because of the quality of the film. I thought I thought it was fantastic. I, I loved. Yeah, it. I loved it. Yeah. Um, but between 
the DC movies shifting hands, mm-hmm. um, the them just hacking, you know, the production schedules and finished films to bits to save money. You know, right. I mean, Batgirl getting shit canned and you know all right. the things they were doing. <clears throat> yeah, um, I, I'm honestly kind of surprised the movie came out. I mean, I can only assume it just had gotten too far along. And they well, spent too much money on it. I was going to say, it costs so much money. And also, like, you know, you kind of think about it. If if we know they're doing, like, Flashpoint, right, where there's multiple universes yeah. and whatnot, they can kind of use that as a way to bridge right. where they've gone to where they're going. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Um, you know, and, and so I, I was really – I was I was kind of like, oh, I mean, are they even going to do it? And then when they did and when, when you know, for me um, – I was kind of surprised that they showed as much as they did in the trailer, namely that Michael Keaton was in it. But I also feel like yeah. that 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 was just as much of a draw for me. A hundred percent. You know, same. That's so, why I, mean, I went it, to see it. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, you know, obviously you don't want to spoil things too much, but at the same time, you know, you you kind of want to get get butts and seats. Yeah. Um, so essentially, like you said, this is this is kind of the flashpoint. So um, you know. Ezra Miller playing two roles, uh, Barry Allen and then a younger Barry Allen. And, 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 and here's what I'll say about that. I think Ezra Miller did a fantastic job uh, in both roles. Mm-hmm. I, I do question some of the choices they made for young Barry because at times younger Barry was just so obnoxious. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. But at the same time, you know, you kind of go, well, you know, this is young Barry is, is someone, you know, who's never really had anything go wrong. He's not living with the same kind of trauma and, yep. and, and, yeah. you know, of having his mom died, his dad go to jail well, and then have to basically think, spend his life trying to figure yeah. out how to fix that. Right. Um, yeah. I think that, um, and I think that that is a, a direct result of, and, and to your point, maybe they go a little bit too far with them, like kind of shoving it in your face. But I feel like, you know, Ben Affleck said this was his favorite time playing Batman. And I feel like that had less to do with him being Batman and more to do with that scene as Bruce. Yeah. Where he's talking to, to Barry about how our scars make us who we are. So you can't really go fix that. Right. Right. And I feel like, you know, if you're not a moron, you kind of pick up on that. Just, from having young Barry, you know, be this carefree stoner, you know, whatever Dip kid. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. But they go a little bit too far with it. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. But but that being said, I mean, the degree to which it was so believable mm-hmm. that that these were both the same person, mm-hmm. just t- t- the same person who had, uh, you know, basically what what had happened one of them had this um incredibly traumatic experience happen that set them down one path and the other one didn't um and for Ezra Miller to be able to play both sides so well like mm-hmm. like our Barry for lack of a better word I, they did a fantastic job like i mean that Barry was because you know it, it was a mad, uh, kind of a even though still unsure of himself still not mm-hmm. you know you saw some maturation from 
kind of Justice League, but but really, you know, did in Justice League, even in the four hour cut, you know, there's just so much going on, such a large story. Everybody doesn't get, you know, it's an ensemble, right? So you don't really get a chance to spend a lot of time with Barry beyond the, hey, I don't really know what I'm doing. And here you get to spend more time with him. Um, and I, I thought it was I thought it was great. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that Ezra Miller did a fantastic job um, kind of on both sides. The only thing I thought was weird was like that weird like pose that Barry would go in before he starts running. Joe, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. what is yeah. that? Like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just like... I didn't, but but there was, um, you know, the thing about this movie that I found interesting was that you know they threaded the needle very well between humor and yes drama or not. I don't know if drama is the right word. I mean, obviously in superhero movies you expect there to be stakes, but kind of more human moments. Like that was the thing it, about it, it. Certainly deals with some some pretty uh, heavy stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know? For but, a superhero movie, but the heavy stuff is on a personal level, and that, and to right. me that that's kind of where you get people in because you know we're so used to nowadays that these superhero movies at the end they all just devolve into these big CGI slugfests. Mm-hmm. Like that was right. the thing about you know about the the Shazam sequel that really just kind of left me flat. It. I didn't make it through it. I go lie. <laughs> yeah, it was just like <laughs> I. I felt like I felt like they they were making Billy act like a twelve year old, where he was supposed mm-hmm. to be, you know, like his big kind of stress point was that he was going to age out of the foster system, and so that was what's causing him stress. But yet they had, you know, they had um, what's his nuts, Zachary Levi, play him like a twelve year old, um, and so those human moments then didn't really come through. So then it just ended up being, you know, just a bunch of CGI punching and whatnot. And it was just like, you know, and whereas here, those moments with, with Barry and with Bruce, both Bruce's, you know, the, my team, like, like those human moments of, and, and, of, and then, but also just kind of coming to the realization that, you know, unfortunately, sometimes fix it. Yeah. bad shit has to happen. Right. And and as much as you wish it didn't. Oh, man. The- and then seeing, yeah, and then seeing young Barry not being able to, to grasp that. Right. I felt like it was really good. Right. Like, like the, this whole, this, you know, what this movie is really about is, is, is recognizing that the best way, like at some point in time, you have to figure out, with the help of others or whatever, a healthy way to deal with trauma so that you mm-hmm. can move beyond it. It it can shape yep. you, and it can play a part in your experiences moving forward, but it right. doesn't have to define you. And, right. and more importantly, it doesn't have to hold you back yep. and, and keep you from moving forward. And right. so seeing, you know, Barry kind of take that journey and, and, and not just and, – and also what that means, like how they, they worked into 
you know, because, I mean, like, Flashpoint on the TV show, you know, the funny thing about the Flash TV show is that the Flash on the TV show, Grant Gustin, you know, Grant Gustin did a great job as a Flash, but that is mm-hmm. the most incompetent superhero mm-hmm. you'll ever see. He yeah. made mistake after mistake and would and yes. kept going back to the well, just yep. confident as can be. <laughs> I'm going to go back in time. And they're like, yeah. you just, like, fucking Dale had a, I forget what the, I, I forget what the exact gender switch was, but it was like Diggle had a daughter and now he's got a son, or Diggle had a son and now he's got like you changed my man's kid, right? right. And you're just like going back. Like no yeah. one is like, what the Oof, fuck, wah, dude? Wah. Like yeah. no. <laughs> like what are you doing? You know? It's yeah. like it's like if the squad from Killzone were a superhero. Like that's <laughs> That's the the fucking Berlanti verse Flash. Whereas, you know, here we yeah. we see Barry f- take that path, realizing that you know some things can't change. But then also right. seeing young Barry, what it does to him because he can't come mm-hmm. to that because he he did. It's like he didn't have that bad experience. Yeah, Almost exactly. Like, like exactly. realizing that, like. Not like everything that, else, everything else in my life has worked up to this point. Why won't this? Exactly, you know I mean? and, yeah. and and because sometimes it's like sometimes, and and I mean, obviously, having a parent die and your father go to jail—that's a big deal. Obviously. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. But yeah. my point is like sometimes the the a thing happening becomes a bigger deal, and yes. that's like like it was like yes. young Barry it's not he, happening. Yep, yeah, because young yep. Barry had never faced anything difficult the idea right. of facing right. something difficult became too much yep. and then it just yep. sent him down this this path that ultimately was not great <laughs> yeah it broke him yeah, yeah. i mean it, yeah literally like <laughs> right yeah but, man yeah, uh, you know it, it it like i said it, you know it, it's a difficult thing to be on the the pr team for this movie after all the stuff that happened but you know, and 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 the other part of that, like we talked about, is is going from the Snyderverse to to what they're trying to do now, and this is like kind of the movie to bridge that, and that's I'm fine with that. Um, I was I was excited for this movie for two reasons, you know, and, and neither, none of them were the Flash. It was you know Michael Keaton mm-hmm. putting on the suit again, and Supergirl. And yeah, she was great. Man, while both of those things were fantastic, I did not expect to enjoy Ezra Miller as much as I did. Yeah, because I wasn't. Uh, to be honest, I'm I'm not a huge fan of Ezra Miller Flash. You know, yeah. I, I, you know, they, we've not gotten much of it, but right. what we have gotten, I'm just like, eh, he's right. okay. You know, yeah. you know, he, he he to me felt more like a a Blue Beetle. The cyborg. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. You know what I mean? Then, then the Flash, because like I feel like in Snyder's Justice League, the Flash is kind of treated as like this kind of sort of one of the more bumbling, like yeah, you said, like, like he's kind of new to this thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and then him and Cyborg like digging the grave and shit like that. I was like, man, that felt like such a, a booster and Blue Beetle moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More so than a Cyborg and Flash moment. Yeah. Uh, but I also understand those are fairly obscure references, so I get you know yeah. why it was those those characters but right man he really i felt like he really came into his own in this like he kind of owned the role in this movie better than he had any other one and yeah. I, that makes sense cuz it's his movie like i right. you know what i mean like but man i did not expect to enjoy him as much as i did in this movie or yeah. they or whatever yeah uh, yeah 
but but that being said, like you know, my God, how like for for Michael Keaton to mm. you know, and drop back into a Batman role because I mean it's been what. Uh, 92? 89. 89. Oh, that's right. That's right. 89 was the first one. So what? 91? 91, 92 was Returns? Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and the thing about, I've always said, and and this, which is kind of what makes the final scene uh, as funny as it was without spoiling Uh things. Uh I've always felt that, you know, Batman's easy. You know, Bruce Wayne is difficult. Right. Yes. Because you've got to be able to um, there's a lot going on, right? Um, you know, with oh, Bruce because, Wayne because Batman's the character is is the character, and Bruce Wayne is the mask, right? That kind of thing, right? Right. You know, but but so but Bruce Wayne is also you know is kind of playing a part, and it's like it's interesting to kind of see the different choices that the different mm-hmm. actors playing mm-hmm. Batman have made along the way. You know, that was always one of the things I I think that is so. You know, like why? Um, um, oh shit! The um, the Batman animated series, Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Why he was oh my so god good as Batman yep. is because he had multiple voices for Bruce Wayne, right? He had the Bruce Wayne when Bruce is with Alfred, and he's he could let his guard down, and he can be you know, investigating and whatnot. And then he had the public Bruce Wayne and you could feel the shift in his voice Mm -hmm. when he would, would go between those. So knowing that Bruce Wayne himself is multiple characters, right? Right. Yes. So, so, and, and we didn't get a lot of Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne in in Batman movies. So, more so, so in returns than eighty nine for sure. Like yeah. he had more of a sense of humor and like right, yeah. But but you know in this movie getting to see you know Michael Keaton you know bring his full range of talents yep. to to the role and play you know have that sense of humor you know have that that pathos that understanding uh, you know with Barry and 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 also have the well, humor and I mean, it was just uh, yeah. so much fun to watch. Yeah. Not only that, but just, you know, him stepping back into a role 30 years later that he's so like at, at this point now synonymous for, and, and knowing how much that we love that performance now, right? Like watching him kind of have fun with that, kind of be a little cocky. Yeah. When he's like, when he says like, let's get nuts and shit. Yeah. Like that, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so good. Yeah, so good. It's so fun to see that shit. Like I was like, I was laughing out loud in the theater. Almost everything he said, like it was so cool. Also, to watch him be a badass as yeah. Batman, because while he he you know he certainly had his moments in in Burton's movies, but Tim Burton doesn't necessarily make like no superhero blockbustery action movies. No, no. So watching Michael Keaton. You know the action sequences in, in the Batman movies. You were there for the the vibe. You were not there yes, for exactly. You know, good so action so sequences. In, so in twenty twenty three, watching them fly down with the you know fly like throw open the cape and like glide down and be like blocking bullets and shit and like yep. doing flip kicks and whatnot and all that shit. So fucking cool, man. Right. I, like I was losing my shit every time he was on. Like he steals the movie for me. Like like I said, yeah. I didn't expect to enjoy Ezra Miller as much as I did, but man. When Michael Keaton's on the screen, he just as 
he does. He just chews scenery. Right. And then like bringing me back to, you know, 12 years old and, and watching 89 for the first time, but like put it to a, to put a modern spin on it, man, I, I, Oh God, like I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because too, because like we saw, you know, <coughs> in, you know, the, 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 uh, Spider-Man, whatever the first Spider, mm. Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. I can't remember mm. the name of them all. You know, it, it's all it, about some home shit. Something's going home, or I'm exactly, coming home. Exactly right. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming home. I don't know what the exactly. Fuck. Um, home sweet home. You know, yeah, <laughs> I'm on my way. You know, I mean, as a vulture, part of the reason why he was so good is because he wasn't just this kind of like very thin cardboard cutout villain. He was. He had a family. He had a business. He. And he was able to switch between like that ride in the car, yeah. Like that. I mean, that's just. I mean, that he could just switch downshift from just like, hey, you know, what are your intentions with my daughter? Ha 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 ha! To I'll right. fucking kill you. Like right, I mean, right. and like, he's just so good, um, you know. And 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 Sasha Cali as as Supergirl. I mean, she had like this this really so intense physicality. You know, you know what was really cool about it. Um, and I don't know, maybe it was just me, but man, I kind of feel like uh, it was this very interesting like contrast to have the Kryptonian be the dark, brooding character, yeah, and yeah, yeah. the Batman be the lighter, yep, you know, cracking jokes, hopeful character. Yeah, like, man, that was so, that was so fun to watch. Right. Yeah, because I mean, from her point of view, like you know, and she says like. You know, when 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 Barry's like they're worth saving, and they're like, she's uh-huh. like, well, they fucking put me in a hole. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking? Like, they're not. You know, and he's like, yeah. Well, I mean, not all of them. Some of them are dicks, but you know. <laughs> um, but right. yeah, I mean, and 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 it's like it's a shame that we didn't get more of her, and I hope I we, we see more of her because I, I mean, she just you know, there is there is an art to effectively portraying someone flying someone with powers it's not you, you don't just go up it's not fucking sandy duncan on a wire doing peter pan right i mean like you've right. you've you've got to hold yourself a certain way like and you could tell that she took that seriously because when she moves you feel like this person can fuck some shit up like they yes. you know when she's flying when she's standing when she's you know just the way that she she holds herself with the suit on and everything um you know she 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 definitely gave you the physical impression that this was not someone to fuck with exactly um, you know it was uh and it was interesting just kind of seeing you know them the way they decided to play with time and what things were constants and what things weren't you know that zod is here you know and there's no one to stop him you know and 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 i mean i always think of like and i love bruce's you know kind of explanation time but like you know for me in time travel movies i think the best thing you could do is like if if, if in looper when uh you know bruce willis's character and and um uh, i can't remember his name um Jake Say that again. Jake Gyllenhaal. No. Um, oh, fuck. Um, well, anyway, th- there's a scene when when they're um, 
uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. That's it. Fuck me. I'm stupid. Yeah. Um, they're 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 talking <laughs> to each other, and Bruce Willis is explaining the whole time travel thing, and he's like, eh, "It's complicated. It's best not to think about it." Something like that. Like that yeah, to right. me is you got to just gloss it over. You can't like yeah, spend a sure. lot of time kind yeah. of like talking you, about you it can, because you can it, plot hold the fuck out of some tra- time travel shit. If exactly. You really want to right? Right. right. <laughs> um, you know, but then when they when they finally kind of get to the end and you've got the Chrono Ball and you have all of the different things that you're seeing. Um, with oh, the, my God. The different characters and the representations. Like, Oh, I lost my shit. Yeah. Know, do we want to spoil it? I don't know if we want to spoil it or not. It's ah. been a couple of weeks. Yeah, we can. If you haven't I kind of really want to talk about one thing. Yeah. 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 So, so, so I mean, what you see is you kind of see, you know, the crashing together of these spheres, these worlds with different incarnations of characters. And so, mm-hmm. for example, you see like the George Reeves Superman. Mm-hmm. You, and these are all kind of CGI, yeah. which was the only thing that took it away from it because the CGI yes. was yeah. not. Well, because the one that we kind of, I think, feel like we're going to spoil. He absolutely would have done that scene. Yeah. So, so, so they show like George Reeves and you're like, okay, yeah, George Reeves played Superman. Sure. You know, then right. they show Christopher Reeves and um, Helen Slater as mm. Superman and Supergirl. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. then they show fucking Nick Cage, it, long hair flowing oh, in the in suit. In the death of Superman. It, fighting oh, a giant spider. Yes. And anyone who's ever listened to Kevin Smith's story. Exactly. At that point, would have lost their fucking mind. I was so disappointed in my theater. Yeah, because I was the only one who yeah. lost my shit when that yeah. when that happened. I was like, "Oh my god, are they?" Doing I said, this? <laughs> "I literally said, oh my fucking god," and I started laughing my ass off. Yeah, and I was the only one in the theater. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I was uh, so disappointed. In so, my so, so real quick, <laughs> if you. Uh, the 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 Kevin Smith's <laughs> kind of story about uh, the Superman movie is is that he had been asked to I don't know if he wrote it or he'd been asked to take a a, a um, he 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 was asked to write a, a a screenplay based upon the death of Superman like Doomsday right right and, and then he did that and he did that <laughs> and they and didn't then, like it. <laughs> um, the one of the executive produ- producers, Barry Sonnenfeld, I think it was, um, was like, "What if there's a spider?" And he was <laughs> like, and, "And I could be thinking getting it. It could be. I'm pretty sure it was Barry Sonnenfeld. It was like, yeah. what if there's a spider?'" And he was like, "What are you talking about? Like, why would <laughs> Superman?" fight a spider and he was like well i just really like spiders you know blah 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 and he and he and the movie fell through but that's barry sonville was the producer on wild wild west which is why at the end yep. of wild wild west he fights a spider so to see superman in the death superman giant fucking spider fighting a giant west. spider in space <laughs> was like oh it was so good yeah and it's funny and like Nicolas Cage looked amazing. Like CGI, Nicolas Cage looked amazing as Superman. Yeah. And if you've never seen those, like those photos the test of like photos of it, went it was the, it was a costume far enough. Test. Yeah, that he literally was putting on the costume. He was mullet Superman from like the, the early nineties. Yep. And uh, now you know Nicolas Cage is such a, a comic book nerd. Like it was like a dream come true he named for his him. Kid Cal. He named his kid Cal. Right. Yeah. So like you know, 
So I can't fucking believe they didn't ask him because like he just killed it as yeah. Dracula and Renfield. I can't believe that they didn't ask him to do that scene for this movie because he absolutely would have. Yeah, and and that's the thing. I don't you don't know if it's a, if it was a scheduling thing, if it was a that's money true. thing, you know, that's who true. knows what it was. You're right. Um, I mean, I it, feel like he'd have done it for free, but maybe that's just me like romanticizing his like yeah. connection to this stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, and it's interesting because you know, afterwards I read some stuff where some people, and you know, this is just kind of Twitter for you, were actually upset at some of the stuff, and and on some degree, yeah. I get it because I mean, George Reeves did you know tragically kill himself, right. and in part because of how he felt typecast as superman so to then be like oh let's cgi him in a superman you can kind of like yeah you know think oh well, there's a little kind of tone deafness there and some folks were like oh you know well you know christopher reeves he, he always talked about sequelitis and i'm like well my man did four of them so yeah, he did like you know um and then you know they they actually showed like a one of which was hot garbage or yeah two of which were hot garbage well, i like part three yeah right but i mean um, come on <laughs> you know, and then, um, you know, they, they kind of looks like they deep faked a flash. Like, so, I mean, yeah. some of the CJS was a little questionable, but at the same time, you know, it did, it does kind of bring up an interesting discussion about like, you know, when you have someone who, you know, embodies a role and, and people see them in that role, like at what point does it stop kind of being within the ownership of the actor and it's now in the ownership of like the kind of the public consciousness to oh, where yeah, sure. you know sure. you would like what's well, like, like how many times you know can can we have we talked about kind of a uh, Jamie Lee Curtis right yeah for how many years did she denounce horror and didn't want to talk about Halloween she was sick to fuck never talk about Halloween this that and the other and then suddenly. You know, she's doing Activia commercials and not much else. And it's like, oh, they want me to play Lori again? Fuck yeah, I'll play Lori again. Right, you know right, I mean? yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 But, I, but I, and it's like, it's interesting because, I mean, there is kind of that balance there. And it's like, as a performer, I, I don't know how I would treat it, to be honest. But, you know, I think it's it, at some point you almost have to like, to stay sane, go, all yes. right, I'm just kind of going to let, like, well, this is, it's out there. It's something that people enjoy. And it, however... If yeah. they want to, you know, I mean, if the studio well, is kind of being responsible with, with it, then, I mean. It's kind of one of those things, right? Where it's like, you know, it's just a job. You, you know, you, you take the role because you're interested in the role, whatever. And it's a job. But then people associate that, associate you with that, you know, forever. And I know, like, that's not what you want. You want, you know, as an actor to, you know, that's the role I played. I want to play more roles. But at the end of the day, like, you know, I go to these horror conventions and I see people who they kind of never really progressed past that one thing they're known for. So at least they have fandom to right. fall back upon for a paycheck. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. So it's like it's 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 an interesting conversation like to, to kind of think about, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I and, and I thought. You know, I mean, they 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 ended the movie well enough to where, you know, they um, made it clear. Uh, like, don't sit through ten minutes of credits for the post credit scene. It's oh, the post credit scene is not worth it. The post credit scene is basically just to go. Don't worry, there's still going to be another Aquaman movie. Like, yeah. that's basically what it's for. Yeah, Aquaman's um, drunk. 
Like, yeah. Have a good talk, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so so it's interesting that they kind of left things in a place to where they could essentially do what they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but uh, but I, yeah. I I enjoyed it. I don't. You know, I mean, as far as like, I don't pay attention to numbers, and it's such a weird time still to. Oh yeah, I don't care. People you know, are going to shit on it because it's a DC movie. It's I'm I'm so fucking over the internet and fucking superhero movies at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I say every time there's a new one, I say that, and I'm I feel like I just get worse the longer it goes on. I'm so fucking tired of it. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't get you know, I mean, I don't I don't you know, I I don't think anyone can reasonably um, look at how films perform and know, especially if, and this is, has nothing to do with DC. It has everything to do with Warner brothers and AT&T and Mm -hmm. all that. Like you, no one knows what they're going to do because their financial situation is so strange right now. And the moves they're making are so weird right now that it doesn't matter if this movie made a billion dollars that wouldn't guarantee anything because so, you know, don't just go and go because it's something that interests you and, and enjoy it and, you know, uh, yeah, you know I mean, value it on its own anyone, merits. I can't imagine anyone who saw Batman in 89 at our age not enjoying this movie. Yeah. You know, if, if for no other reason. I mean, just if you if you grew up watching Michael Keaton Batman and that's like, you know. Even if that was your first like exposure to Batman, because that man that summer in '89, yeah. man, it was everywhere. It was everywhere. You could not get away from it. And in and, fact, when I first saw it, I didn't like it because I was just so sick of it. And it yeah, wasn't exactly. until years later I got the video cassette for Christmas or a birthday or something, and I was like, "Fine, that, I'll watch it." And I watched it. I was like, "God damn, this is a great movie." <laughs> that's you know that's how big that movie was, man. Like owning a VHS back then was unheard of because they were so expensive. And I remember Batman 89, like it came out in the summer and that Christmas, like the VHS was like at Walmart and stuff. And I was like, you can own a movie. Like, Oh my God. (laughs) We we ended up getting it for Christmas and I wore that shit out. Like I, I would, it would, it would end and I would start it right the fuck back over. Yep. So, you know, if you, experienced Batman in 89 at the age that you and I would have been at. Right. This movie is like, Oh, it's just, man, does it touch the Like it'll give you such a nostalgia boner. Like it's, it's amazing. Like watching Michael Keaton have such a fucking fun time. Yeah. Stepping back into the, the Cape and cowl, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 but that, you know, there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you can enjoy it even if that is, isn't something that really kind of for does sure. it yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah. But yeah, yep. yeah, very well done. I, I, I was, I was a little hesitant at first, but then when I got settled in, I was like, yep, this is, this is great. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So real quick for me uh, mm-hmm. on the games front. So I, I finished uh, tears of the kingdom. You know, it's funny when I played breath of the wild, I, I did, like everything in that game. I did all the shrines. I, I don't know if I got all the Corixes or a lot of them. Um, I did like all the side, all that shit. I, cause I just didn't want the game to end when I got, like I got to the point in this game where I knew it was like the final mission. And I was like, yeah, I had like, no, I did enough shrines to get like 20 hearts and I, you know, my armor was fully upgraded. And I was just like, 
I don't want to like every time I would go to do a shrine, it was like some quest I had to do just to fucking unlock the shrine. And I'm like, no, you know, and I just was like, you know, I didn't. And I had like a a whole bunch of side quests to do. And I was like, fuck it. Let's just try it. You know, let's just try the final mission. Um, And I did it. Uh, I got through it. No problem. Never died once. Um, (laughs) You know, I had, I had ample supplies. um, And, uh, you know, I, I, there's a there's a kind of a spot partway through where, you know, if you have the right stuff, you can, you know, do, do a little impromptu cooking and kind of get all your your hearts back. And I finished it. And as soon as it was done, I fucking popped that shit out, threw it in the envelope, sent it back. I was like and I had no desire to, to go. And it's because, you know, part of it's because I don't like there's two two different ways for ending open world games. One of which is everything's changed, but you can still do shit. Or not everything's changed, but like you finish the main story. Like the GTA way of doing things, right? You finish the main story, you can go do whatever you want. The other one is the Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom. Like, oh, we're going to put you right before the final mission. Well, uh, what the fuck? I did all that shit, and now, you know, I got the final cutscene, but I'm going back to where everything's still fucked up. I got no, I have no interest in doing that. Um, You know, and and it was to me just kind of interesting, the difference between the two games. I mean, I think this one's still, you know, it's very creative. It's a technical Marvel, especially being on the switch. I just, I think because there was the stuff that was different, the building stuff I had no interest in. It felt so similar to the first one. That I, 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 even though having put 85 hours into it, I was like, I didn't really, you know, once I, I was like, I'm, I'm good. Like, I don't, it wasn't the stuff that was different did not hold enough interest for me to where it felt different enough to put in the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you put, yeah. so you put 85 hours into tears or the first one? No, Breath of the Wild, I put way more than that because I got oh, the okay. DLC and everything. I put 85 gotcha. hours into tears. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, I, I enjoyed myself. I just was ready for it to yeah. be done. And to be yeah. perfectly honest, if I would have done like Metroid, like I didn't finish Metroid prime remastered the final boss. I was like, this is too much of a fucking pain in the ass. I finished, I beat the game originally on the GameCube. I got mm. nothing to prove. I'm pretty sure if I had died in the boss fight for, uh, tears of the kingdom, I would have been like, whatever. And I would have just sent yeah. it back. I mean, yeah. the, 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 the fact is, the ending is in, incredibly underwhelming. Incredibly mm. underwhelming. Mm. Um, you know, it, this is very much a, it's the journey, not the destination uh, type of thing. And I was just like, yeah, well, when you're ready for the journey to be done, if the ending sucks or you can't yeah. get to it, you could just end that journey on your own. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, that's kind of. <laughs> What happened with, with Valhalla? I was yeah. like, yeah, you know what? A hundred hours, I think I'm good. Exactly. I got my money's worth. Eighty. Yeah. Well, I rented it, so yeah. I don't need to do any more of this shit. And right. I'm like, you told me there's not really an ending, so I'm like, well, why? Yeah. I'm good. Oh, right. I'm good. <laughs> um, and so I started playing uh, Final Fantasy 16. You know, so I loved 15, um, or mm. whichever one was the story one beforehand. Um, the one with the the boy band and the with the, boy the hot band. rod. Yeah, yeah, it was 15. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, you know, I am not a turn. I'm not a JRPG person. I'm certainly right. not a turn-based 
you know, person. I mean, I've I've played my fair share, but it's just really not my thing. So when I saw that 16 was going to be, you know, like an action game, I was like, fuck yeah. Um, and then, mm-hmm. you know, they dropped the demo. And so I played the demo and enjoyed it immensely. And so I was really excited when um, it arrived on Friday. Like, I literally got the game in the mail Friday. It was installing to my PlayStation while I was finishing um, Tears of the Kingdom. So I, I couldn't have played mm-hmm. it better. Um, you know, and it's... Uh, so far, I'm in, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I think if you were, you know, I mean, it's 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 a nice break from an open world game where you know you're you're it's a very linear path. I mean, there's some you know branching stuff you can do if you're looking for you know collectibles and whatnot. But for the most mm-hmm. part, it's a straight line. Um, and then um, you know the combat is is so far it's pretty satisfying. The only the only two criticisms I would have of it is that when you get to bosses, they're very tanky. So some of those battles can go on quite a bit. Um, And, but that also like there are these um, kind of parrying and um, dodging moves, which if you're fighting a boss and it's one-on-one, they're super, they're, they're really easy to use and it's a great system. In fact, I got a trophy this morning. They're like, you beat this boss without taking any damage. And I'm like, did I? Like, <laughs> okay, if you say so. Uh, but when there's like a lot of enemies around, yeah, figuring out where an attack is coming from to mm. be able to dodge it. So I end up just kind of zipping all the way around. But to the game's yeah. credit, you know, at the beginning, or not even just at the beginning, they give you these uh, three accessories that you can wear are these three accessory slots and then they give you a bunch of different accessories one is like you get like a wolf companion one is that it'll automatically just like tell the wolf what to do one is it'll automatically evade for you one is it'll automatically use a potion if your health gets low so like if you don't mind not slotting in something that raises defense or raises attack you can put these things in and 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 give yourself a little bit of a of a it's like a uh, near automata, like you yeah, can, yeah. There's that one like difficulty setting where you can just but make her dodge th- on her own. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing; it's it's independent of a difficulty setting, and you could mm. just say, "Hey, I'm having a hard time with this battle. Let me just swap this thing out." So it's not mm. like, um, nice. but you know, the the combat is very is very satisfying. You know, and and as you progress through the game and you unlock, you know, different. Uh, so, so the idea is that there are these these different gods called icons, and they 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 give different gifts, and they're all based on elementals things. So there's you know fire stuff and electricity and wind, whatever. And then you you learn as you progress through the game how to channel these different icons, so you get these different sets of powers. Um, and then you set up your build with you know the different combinations and whatnot. So right. um, you know I could see as you move forward having you know these different sets of powers that you're just kind of popping off as you're going through a fight would be pretty cool. Um, you know, I, I'm having a great time with it so far. And the story is, I mean, I never know what's going on in a final fantasy game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is <laughs> definitely kind of more of like a game of Thrones type of thing where there's, you know, rival, uh, you know, rivaling factions and, you know, there's a lot of people getting their heads chopped off and, you know, and it's, you know, kind of, wrapped up in the main character's quest for vengeance and, and all this stuff. And, you know, I, I, I recommend playing the demo. It's about two hours long and your progress carries over. 
So, like, if you think it's something that you'd want to play, just play the demo. And the demo um, is the first two hours of the game, so it's essentially the prologue. But also, there's a mode you can play in the demo where Clive has unlocked a bunch of different icons. So it's not, you know, obviously okay. the prologue, you don't expect him to have a bunch of powers. Right, right, right. Um, but then they do have this mode you can jump into where he's got more, you know, more of the different elemental powers. You can kind of see, you know, how they all work together. Yeah. Um, and then okay. when you when you get the game and you boot it up, it'll, it'll say, it'll just seamlessly just transfer shit over and if you want you can read you can start new or you can just just continue yeah, and pick yeah. right back up yeah yeah nice it, it, like i said I, we were talking about before we started going it's certainly something i'm interested in uh the cool thing about this game and even tears is like i feel like for the first time in a very long time uh game releases almost feel like events again yeah and this is kind of another kind of tears where like I can't help but get wrapped up in the hype because I remember the days of Halo Three dropping and, yeah. and midnight releases and you know a, a new Final Fantasy was a big deal and so and I feel like that was kind of we've been missing that for a while yeah. because most of the most popular games that people are playing are like free to play and you know what and there's also like yearly sequels and shit like that and so you know for for both of these franchises to be as big as they are and not do yearly sequels to yeah. drop, to drop new iterations and, and them resonate with, with gamers the way they have. It's really exciting. And it, yeah. it's almost impossible to not get excited for these games, even if they're not typically your thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Diablo four is another example. Like everybody. Yeah. I think Diablo four is different though, in that it was out for a bunch of people, but not everybody. And then when it mm-hmm. was out for everybody, like, People were having problems, and I mean, the reality is, when I the more I read about that game, the less I want to. I, mean, I wasn't going to play it anyway. But when they're like, "Oh, if you got to start a new character to start a new season," like I don't have time for that bullshit. If every time for a new season of Destiny, I had to roll an entirely new character, right. like, no, I mean, you that that would not happen. So, yeah. um, all right. So I got some game stuff. You know, I, I typically don't hmm. uh, because I'm I just play Destiny and. I'll pick up something new every now and again. Like I played stray, had a good time with it. Um, but I typically like, I'm so addicted to destiny. And like, you know, that's like, I keep talking about me playing destiny is not me playing a video game. That's yeah. me, you know, dealing with shit. Right. But yeah, so, uh, so Jay's got really excited about modern warfare too. Uh, and he was like, have you played it yet? And I'm like, man, I haven't even fucking played the last two. I own mm-hmm. them. I haven't played them. Um, he's like, well, let me know when you get Modern Warfare 2. And I was like, yeah, all right. And finally, he just kept texting about it. And finally, he's like, can I just show you? And I was like, sure. So he ends up sending me a screenshot of Modern Warfare 2, and it's the ghosts. Oh, and man. I was like, holy shit. They finally like brought the ghosts back to, to Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, and so I was like, I got to get Modern Warfare 2. And I didn't get it, and I didn't, because I was waiting to get it, you know, for, for relatively cheap. Finally, I got it. I sent him a text the other day. Uh, it's been, I don't know, it's been it's since the last episode, so it's been within two weeks. So I got it. I installed it. I thought. I uh, put it in, and it was like, oh. So the first thing it does, and this is going to be me sounding like old man, like yelling at the grass <laughs> for gaming. So it installs... 
what essentially is Warzone, like the oh. <laughs> their battle royale thing. And I'm right. Like, well, I don't want that. So the first thing it does is install this however many gig install, and I'm like, all right, bet. Well, then it's like, oh, gotta update. And I'm like, all right, fine. Yeah. I'm used to that. Not a problem. So it does that. So I'm like, well, I'm not playing today because it's had to install like however many yes. gigs. Oh my god, right? the 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 degree to which you have to plan your day around a new yes. game install is fucking ridiculous. So I'm like, well, so I texted him. I was like, well, I'm not playing it today. And then uh, so the next day, I I get home from work. I'm excited to get into the game, and I can't fucking find the campaign. <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at ads. And season passes, and buy this thing, and buy that thing, and I'm like, I don't, I'm not interested in Warzone at all. Like, I'm, I'm good. Where's the campaign? I can't find it, man. I cannot find where the campaign is uh-huh. on the disc for this physical copy of this game that I purchased. <laughs> like, I just like, where's the fucking Modern campaign? Gaming. Like, I can't even find the menu to go to the campaign. Right. Which should be the first thing, in my opinion, that pops up. Exactly, yeah. So I couldn't find it. So I had to Google. (laughs) I had to Google how to get to where the fucking campaign is. And so I I did that, and I find it. I go down to it. Oh, it didn't install the campaign, Brandon. It didn't install it. (laughs) Sure. Why would it? Not only did it not install the campaign, it didn't install the multiplayer. What the fuck did it install? Warzone. <laughs> it installed Warzone and all the shit you can buy related to Warzone. So I had to wait another day. Oh my god! I had to I had to click install on the fucking campaign. <laughs> and then it installed, and I was like, "All right, tomorrow, I'm on." Tomorrow's my day. <laughs> Get into this shit. It's been, we're three days deep on this install, but tomorrow. <laughs> Ghosts, baby. <laughs> well, I click play on the campaign. Oh, got to update. Oh. Motherfucker, are you serious? I was like, oh, my why God. wouldn't it update everything? You know that it had already updated. You're asking questions that I also asked that I have no answers to. Uh, so day four, I got to play. <laughs> day four, still yeah. have not seen the single right. player. Day Resolve is running stolen. low. <laughs> Fucking Modern Warfare 2 is when I finally got to start playing it. And I wow. played it for, I don't know, maybe an hour. And then that also happened to be the Thursday. Uh, I was off that Friday. Uh-huh. I knew that. And Jace was talking about seeing the Flash at such and such time on Thursday night. And I ne- never even occurred to me that it was going to come out on right. a Thursday. Right. So I played... I don't know, 45 minutes of Modern Warfare 2 after four fucking days of installing. <laughs> and then I pulled up Fandango on my phone. It was like, LaGrange, 7.30. I was like, well, that's enough Call of Duty. So, yeah, right. <laughs> so I shut it down and went to the theater to see The Flash. <laughs> so, so I say that. And at this point, since then, I've played... Uh, maybe, I don't know, three more. I was like, I'm basically, you know, Call of Duty campaigns are, well, I don't know, eight hours at best, at yeah. best, maybe six. So I've played maybe four hours of this game. It's fine. It's a Call of Duty game. I uh-huh. haven't seen a single fucking ghost yet. Like, uh-huh. I, you know, it's just, it's soap and it's McTavish and it's like all these characters 
that I thought were dead, but apparently they're not. And I'm not sure if I'm supposed to know why they're not. I don't know. Is there like ghost DLC you're supposed to buy? That's what I'm saying. Probably. Maybe they're in the season pass or Warzone. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I'm just like, I'm so fucking over it. And here's the thing. And this is such like, this is such like an old man yelling at the grass for going kind of yeah. thing. But man, so, so Saturday, uh, you know, I work part time. You may not know this, but but on Saturdays I've been working at Tommy's store, yeah. um, part time and stuff. Which is for people that don't know who Tommy is, he's one of my best friends, and he owns a, a buy sell trade store here or close to me in in West Point. And it's you know it's it's comics, video games, toys, like all the you know you know the stock is basically based on what people bring in, you know, to to sell or trade stuff. And so. He was out of town this weekend, and so Saturday I had the store to myself for the first time. I was there all day by myself. Well, not by myself because Goose Goose ended up being able to come and hang out this weekend. So, so she went with me to work, and I brought the uh, the SNES Classic. Uh-huh. You know, just for us to have something to do, and um, because she, you know, she's not a she's not a big gamer. Like she's played like some Assassin's Creed. She's played, you know, I, she got kind of got into the Destiny a little bit. She created a hunter and she was playing all that stuff like that. But she's not would you know, she's not you and I. Like she doesn't play every day and stuff like that. Right. But she also, you know, she used to play Donkey Kong Country with her dad. And like she had a Super Nintendo like as a kid and stuff like that. So you know, so so for one thing, like hooking that SNES classic up to the TV there and watching someone who hasn't played Super Mario World in 15 years boot up Super Mario World and just looking at the joy uh-huh. on their face, like, as someone who's, like, so jaded and has been gaming since I could hold a controller, like, watching right. someone who, who hasn't had that experience play something they remember, right? it was so fucking great. The look on her face, like, was so great to see. Because it reminded me that games are supposed to be fun. Exactly. It's supposed to be a four-fucking-day process. And that that's what I get frustrated about sometimes, too, is, like, we're supposed to be having a good time with these things. Right. But, like, the, the degree to which the monetization and everything, like, present, prevents that from happening yep. sometimes is so frustrating. Yep. Because, like, I've had it. I've, I've said to Linda, like, I got to go to the mailbox because... I have a game coming, and I'd like to be able to play it, but I, I've got to install. It's got a copy. I've got to get the day one pat. You know, the day one yep. patch. Like, and yep. and you know, like, you know, sometimes you can play even without it. Sometimes you can't, and it's like, you know, oh my my console didn't auto update. You know, and it's yep. like, you know, you forget that like you're supposed to have fun with this shit, but they make it so hard sometimes because mm-hmm. they just care about it. And I say they, not the people who make it. It's it's, it's no it's all the, the people who are in charge of of these right. decisions, right. not the ones actually making the games. You know, they just make it so difficult sometimes to have a good time and to feel that way about it. Yep. Um, yeah, like it's 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 never going to be a thing in in fifteen years that you know uh, someone who played Destiny yesterday or you know for a month this year. And then stop playing video games is going to boot up uh, an Xbox One classic or a PS5 classic yeah. and play Destiny and have the look on their face that she had on her face playing Mario World yesterday. Well, time. and that's the thing, too, is it's like th- the degree to which these games are just not allowed to be kept alive. Mm-hmm. It's what you guys did impossible when you have a 
yep. you know, a, a game as a service and they shut the server off. Well, you can have the disc. It doesn't matter. But if nope. you've got the cartridge and you've got the classic, you know what I mean? Like you, there's yeah. A, if you've got a, if you've got the hardware and the and the the game, you know, <laughs> right. You can play it, but now, like, you could have a console and a disc, and it might be just a coaster. Like, I have Chrome Hounds. I still exactly. have Chrome Hounds. You can't play it. Right. It doesn't do shit. Right. Because the server shut down. Right. And that's like, there's such, there's so much history that's lost simply mm-hmm. because of the way in which. Which, you know, you know. And, 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 and I'm not, you know, not to cheapen, you know, any of the experiences that I've had, you know, playing games in, in current gen. Like, I have memories of Destiny that I'll I'll never forget. You know, playing yeah. with you, playing with Sean, playing right. with you know, the the guys back in the day. You know, doing Crota every week, um, a fucking Overwatch, Drunk Watch, man, playing. Yeah. You know, all of us playing. You know, even nuts. You know, yep. uh, Cindy. You know, people that I don't even talk to anymore. Right. I'll always have those memories, but man, you know, he, watching someone who isn't necessarily super into gaming, like rediscover something that they used to love. It was, it was fucking adorable to, right. to watch. Right. But the, and the other thing was as a testament to, to that game and the, the, the two games we played, we played that super Nintendo classic for six hours straight. <laughs> you know, that's what we did. Cause there was nothing else to do. Like we had two customers all day. It wasn't like a super busy day or anything. Yeah. We basically played the super Nintendo classic all day. We played, we jumped between, um, Mario World and Donkey Kong Country. Right. And, you know, because that was kind of... Donkey Kong Country is kind of her shit. Like, she's really good at that game. She remembers mm-hmm. all the secrets and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, and I, I played the fuck out of it, you know, back in the Super Nintendo days. But but she's she's got me on that one. I feel like I was better at Mario than she was, but mm-hmm. she may argue that because, you know... Right. She's, she's very competitive, so she would never admit that I was better at anything than her. Mm-hmm. But, uh... But man, we played. Uh, we got through. I don't know how many levels of both games, but it was so. And we just passed the controller back and forth. It wasn't yeah. like you know we weren't. But that's man. That's such a thing that doesn't happen anymore. Right. And that was such a. I mean, you know, we're older, and like I said, I'm going to sound like old man yelling at the grass for growing. But what a what a difference gaming is now. Yeah. You know, and, than and it, it was. And yeah. it's funny because you know, like Nintendo allows you to have those experiences, but also they don't like when they shut down the eShop on the 3DS, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like all these games that it's like now, like, and they're just gone. They're yeah. just gone. And yeah. it's like, you know, they're, they're very good. You know, Nintendo is good about bringing stuff back. They're also terrible about allowing, you know, they're so draconian sometimes with their, uh, how 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 you know the rights to things that it's like you know and i i get it you got to protect your ip but like there's a demand for this stuff so it's like if it's not like a game needs a server it's literally just hosting the content for people to buy like why are you shutting that off or why why isn't there an emulator to play these games on the switch rather than releasing certain things as part of Nintendo online or whatever, but like, right. why isn't there, you know, like a way to, to, to do it. And it's like, people want them and, mm-hmm. and it's just not a priority for them. So, you know, in, in, in something like this where, you know, the, their hardware allows you to have these experiences, but then they also, you know, willingly take 
them away from people, and I don't, yeah. I don't get it. Um, I know, but, but yeah, I mean, the degree to which you know companies just seem to view their history only as something that they can use to sell a new tier of whatever their current subscription gaming service is is really, um, you know, disappointing. Yeah. At times, because yep. uh, that's what it is, right? It's like yep. you know, you, you know, Nintendo would say, "Well, you know, if we we do classic games on on you know uh, Nintendo Online, and you know, and PlayStation would say, oh, well, you get the you know, you get the classic games as as if you're at the extreme tier of right. you know PlayStation Plus PS and Plus, whatever it is, yeah. and you're just like, but that's your history, like that's you you're just only seem to care." about this as a way to get subscribers and you should care more about it because it's more than that, you know, um, it's, it's, you know, and, and movies do it too, right? Like, I mean, one of the things for, for you know, for Warner brothers they're talking about now is like cut is like shutting off Turner classic movies. It's like, why? Like you've got, you've got a whole generation of, of budding filmmakers who might, discover those films and learn from them and, and get inspiration from them. And the only place you could see them is that, that service or that station. Like why are, why, yep. what, you know, what are you, yeah, you might be saving some money, but what are you losing? Um, exactly. To, to not have yeah, exactly. Um, and it's just that, that short sightedness. Sometimes it just can be very frustrating. Yep. Um, you know, especially if you, if you love games, love movies and you, you kind of see, um, you know the decisions being made not not out of you know a, a desire to curate the medium, but just out of just bottom line, and it's just yeah, it's very disheartening Funny. sometimes. Yeah, yep, sure yeah. is. Yep. Um, all right. Well, you know, I guess we'll have to get Goose's opinion as to who is better about you know Mario, but whatever. We'll figure that. Oh, out Oh, I can later. tell you what her opinion is. She's wrong. <laughs> I can tell you what it is. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. <laughs> um, all right. So next show, I'll have more Final Fantasy stuff to talk about. You know, obviously we'll have new. I, I don't know what else is coming out from new movies. I could tell you, I don't have anything. I'm I'm itching to go see in the theater. So it'll definitely be. When is uh When is Mission Impossible? Isn't that? Is that nuts? I don't know. I should probably check that out because I definitely want to see that in the theater. Um, I do too. Um, I still want to see Beast Wars too. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm content to wait for streaming for that one. Um, yeah, you know, definitely. I don't. I can't see myself making a trip to a theater. I would. That. I just, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's one of those like we talked about last time. I just didn't know it was already out. Like I was shocked. Yeah, <laughs> like it just kind of happened. I was like, oh shit, that's out. That's how it was for me too. I was like, oh, that's this Friday. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, honestly, like once it kind of like that initial, you know. I don't know what it is with me, but it's like if I don't see it the weekend it opens, I don't see it. It's like I get over the hump of excitement, and I'm just like, yeah, I'll wait. Uh, yeah, I just need like a night where like I have nothing else to do, and I'm like, man, you know, it'd be fun going to the movie. Yeah, like that's the kind of thing. Like yeah. I, I can see myself going like week six if it's still out there on like a Sunday. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I can see that too. Um. All right, so uh, it's been episode 176 of Out of Our Werewolves. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out. Uh, We look forward to spending some more time with you in the next two weeks. So for myself and Mitch, thank you again. Good night, and have a good evening. (laughs)